Welcome to the Your Dream Business Podcast. I'm your host, Therese Heathwaring, an international best-selling author, award-winning speaker, TEDx speaker, certified coach, and the host of this number one ranked podcast. I am so excited to guide you on the journey of creating a business and life that you not only love, but one that perfectly aligns with you and the season of life that you're in. In each episode, I'll share with you easy, actionable, and insightful strategies to grow your online business. Plus, we'll be diving into some mindset tools and strategies that keep you focused, motivated, and are going to stop you from getting in your own way. So if you're a course creator, membership owner, or coach, you are in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Your Dream Business Podcast. And as always, I am your host, Therese Heathwaring. How the devil are you doing? So this week we have an interview and I'm very excited about this interview because, and I'm having so much fun actually with these interviews because I'm just interviewing people I know and love, which is ace. And it was almost like when I first started the podcast or when I go back all that time ago and think about who I interviewed then, it was like, it was almost my ego going, and actually this is a perfect thing to talk about today, given who I've got on, but it was almost my ego going, you should have this person or you should have this person. And, and that almost, and I'm not that, I think I wasn't even open to the idea of actually interviewing people that I know and love because I was too busy thinking, oh, I need this type of person or I need this type of person. So when I bought the interviews back at the kind of end of last year, I just bought them back with like, I'm going to interview this person. I'd love to chat to this person. I'd love to chat to that. And I think as time goes on, as listener of the podcast, you will start to see some interviews that might be a bit different to some of the stuff we've done just because I find stuff fascinating. So Anyway, today I have the very amazing Rosanna Croft on the podcast. Rosanna is a young, I think that's like, that is young. young Rosanna's young. young. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this is how bad I have at intro people. Do you know, so she's a young life coach and meditation master who helps women create a life that they truly love, living in alignment with their truth. So I'm going to, that's all I'm going to do about a bio because her story is part of what we're going to talk about. And that's what I would read. But the young word is written funny, just in case you're thinking she can't read the word young. It's written J-U-N-G-I-A-N because it's Carl Young. It's Carl Young, yeah. 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 So anyway, welcome to the podcast, Rosanna Croft. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. I'm excited because your story is kind of amazing. I want to just start by how we met. <laughs> how many years ago do you reckon now five gotta be got yeah. to be easily so we met at a membership meetup so it was we were both in a female entrepreneur association and they had a christmas meetup and we met and then just became friends ever since and then obviously the pandemic stopped us seeing each other in person and then your life took a real turn and then we managed to get back on track, which is amazing because I'm so grateful. That's the short <laughs> version. Now let's dive into the long version. So let's start by saying, I'm, I want us to go right back, actually. Normally yeah. I go, you know, who are you and how you got to how you were today. But let's start. So when I first met you, you were Rosanna Croft Jewelry. Yes. So tell us about that business. Okay, cool. So when we met, I was the owner of Rosanna Croft Jewellery, which was a fine jewellery company. And I would design bespoke engagement rings and I would redesign heirlooms. And I did it all from my shop in rural Derbyshire. 
and I had a workshop and I would see private clients and it was amazing. And I was building this business that was at the time deeply ingrained in my heart. It was my passion and and I loved it. And I was going to take over the world. I was going to rival Cartier and Tiffany and I had all of these incredible dreams and I was creating collections to help women fall in love with themselves and I was yes I remember I had all of these amazing dreams and plans and then we had the pandemic and I closed the shop and I moved to London and I pivoted so as everybody had to in the pandemic I pivoted to offer solely online but then I would see private clients in London as well. So I kind of, in a way, even though I closed the bricks and mortar store, I expanded. Mm. Well, that's what my ego told me I was doing. <laughs> and Isn't it funny, the stuff it, it, that we're like, oh, this is what this means. Like, yeah, let's yeah, yeah. Go with that. Well, as you were saying about your podcast, I was like, yeah, that's what, that's what I did. <laughs> I need these names up. But yeah, so then I moved to London and in the pandemic and and my business was the most successful it had ever been. I was mm. attracting clients all over the world. Yeah, just really living my dream mm. in one sense. Yeah. And in another sense, I didn't stop smell the roses. I was extremely anxious, very stressed and deeply unhappy, which at the time I probably didn't realise. And also at the time... Your brand and your business fitted perfectly with how Rosanna showed up. Yeah. Like champagne, <laughs> VIP, fine life. Like it all Only the best, perfectly. darling. Yeah. Well, aren't we both? But like, <laughs> and, it, and it fitted that. And it almost like, and obviously we'll get to the, the transformation. We'll get to like where we are today, but it's almost like they are two ends of a spectrum. Like we started yeah. off luxury, fine jewellery, expensive stuff. Like I said, you know, private clients, drinking champagne, going to the best hotels, meeting the fanciest people. But, and on the surface, that looks like everything that everybody wants. Mm -hmm. But you weren't happy. No, no, I wasn't happy because I was always chasing more. Yeah. And always chasing what other people told me would make, would talk, like society tells you will make you happy. Because when I started my business, I was 24. So I opened my shop when I was 24 years old. Which blows and my mind, quite honestly. But I had no idea what a goal was. Mm. I, I just wanted to open a shop. And I just, I was so naive and innocent. And I just wanted to open a shop. And I wanted to have this, I wanted to recreate the job that I had when I was living in Australia. We, had amazing clients. We sold amazing jewellery and I wanted to make that for myself back in the UK. And then I learned what goals were. Mm -hmm. And then I learned that, like joined memberships like the Female Entrepreneur Association. And I learned that I could have anything that I wanted. Mm. Hold on, what did I want? Yeah. I wanted, I didn't know what I wanted. So I, I then latched onto what society told me success was mm -hmm. and that wasn't my version of success so no. that made me unhappy that made me miserable that made me stressed it made me always chase mm -hmm. this idea of more so mm -hmm. that I could make myself in some way feel good enough to have the things that I had yeah 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 so always going well 
all was good. You and and there was a couple of things that actually about your story and where you started kind of blows my mind. One, you're young, like you're much younger than me, but you started your business really young. And actually, I remember when we first met or the first few visits we had, because we used to go for lunch. We were even back in the day, we were ladies that woo-woo, because we loved <laughs> a bit of woo-woo. But like it never seemed like you were that young. You had a very mature head for someone who was so young. So not only did you create this business when when you were the age you were, but also you created like a proper business. Like it actually worked. That, and I say that jokingly, but like, and I say this all the time that, you know, people have bricks and mortar businesses. I'm like, you've got a real business now. I joke people. I don't think, I genuinely think we have real businesses, but but there is something about having a business with like equipment. And also I didn't realize you did the thing. So yeah. Rosanna was the one that only designed the jewelry. She made the jewelry. She could make like, and it blew my mind. So that was all crazy. So on the surface of it, you were going along, life is wonderful, treating you really, really well. And then what? Well, if we just forget that little thing that stopped the whole world for... Yeah, small pandemic, 18, move small on. Small pandemic, 18 months. So we came, we were just coming out of the pandemic and I started to realise that I was anxious and that I was unhappy and I started to address it, you know, in the way that we do address it. And I was watching some personal development stuff. I was yeah. reading more books about personal development. I started doing things like changing my relationship, upping, not ch- not just like swapping my relationship. Sorry, I ended yeah. up. You're out, you're in. Yeah. No. That's why we didn't see each other for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make the cut. <laughs> um, and then I started up in my health routine and I I was a runner, so I used to run before the pandemic. The pandemic stopped like any form of exercise for me, really, um, unless it was to run to drink a can of beer by the river or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, so I started up in my health routine and I noticed that I couldn't, I had a pain in my breast. So I was like, oh my God, I can't, this is real inconvenience. Yeah. Real inconvenience, but I suppose I should go to the GP because I'd had some cysts previously on my ovaries that had burst and caused me loads of pain, ended up in A&E, that kind of stuff. So I knew that I had to mm-hmm. pay attention to my body. And I went to the GP, basically was kind of ushered through the the motions of checks and biopsies. And I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. I'd just turned 30 and I was like, this is going to be my year. I was seeing more success in my business than I ever had. I'd just come out of a relationship. I'd just moved into my dream apartment on one of the fanciest streets in Poland. <laughs> my ego loves that part of the story. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, I was doing so well. Yeah. You see and, my apartment? Yeah, yeah. It, it must be doing so well. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Michelin star restaurant on the end of my street. <laughs> I mean, how fancy is that? <laughs> yeah, but then on the other end of the street, there's a chicken shop that's also like a drug den. <laughs> yeah, but we don't talk about that. That's not what we show on Instagram. I love it. So, yeah, so then I was diagnosed with, I was six days of having moved into this apartment and I was diagnosed with cancer. Like, I can't even think like age 30, getting that diagnosis. Just explain the what you mean by, did you say triple negative? Triple negative breast cancer. So it is a 
rare type of breast cancer. And it's, it's caused by the genetic mutation of BRCA1. So Angel, this is what Angelina Jolie has. That's kind of what made this BRCA thing famous because then she had a preventative mastectomy. So then she wouldn't get breast cancer. And if anybody's watched The Bold Type on Netflix or Amazon Prime, which is a great show, and I'd, and they talk about it in there, but otherwise it's quite rare. Nobody really knows anything yeah. about it. So it's a genetic mutation. And it means that most breast cancers are hormone receptive. They're hormone positive, so estrogen positive. Yeah. And this isn't. It's like totally genetic. So the normal treatments can't treat it. So like tea would do nothing for it. Yeah. So it was. I was then faced with five months of chemotherapy and a double mastectomy and reconstruction, or if I wanted that, which I did, to like, it was, it was intensive chemotherapy that was apparently the only way that was going to get rid of it. Wow. So is it as simple as saying, okay, my business goes on hold? No. W- what was going through your head? So this, the first person I ran was my coach at the time. And I said, it's I've been diagnosed because we've kind of had some conversation. I've been, I've been diagnosed. And he said to me, you have all of the tools that you need to get through this. Like, this is what you have been training for because we knew that things were changing in my life. We didn't know what the clues were there. And I'd been into personal development for years. I'd read the books. I kind of knew what was going off. So I switched on warrior mode. And I think this is what happens when most people are faced with a challenge or a transformation. They switch on warrior mode to get through it. So I switched on warrior mode and and I just went, right, okay, so this is this is how I'm going to deal with this. And the, for, to be honest, the first three weeks were total scans, I like egg freezing type stuff. And then I started chemotherapy, but I knew throughout that I was going to keep on running my business because it was doing so well. Mm. And being a self-employed person, living in London and I say that you know I kind of joke about the fancy street thing yeah but but it's not cheap it's not it's not cheap even I mean it got a very good deal coming off the back of Covid but it's not cheap to live in London as a single woman running a business now previous like prior to cancer fine yeah being diagnosed and then thinking okay so what now my cut I tell myself like the only option I really had was to keep on working mm. and I did. And I actually had some of the most successful months financially, but it wasn't sustainable. It was, I needed rest. I needed to stop mm. and it wasn't sustainable. If you were, if you could have gone back to yourself then, what would you have said now? Would you have I'd stopped working? Business? Yeah. I would have put it on hold. I would have stopped everything. I would have, I'd, it makes it quite complicated because finances, right? Like I didn't have a a bed, like I didn't have a save, I didn't have a savings account. And I, I think well, most business owners most people don't. don't. No, no, because we put everything back into yeah. it, especially yeah. for the first few years. Like yeah. I was on year six or seven of business mm. and I did have savings, but it was at a cost to take them out. So they're in, the, you know, all of these like ices and stuff. Yeah, so you up. lose a lot yeah. of it if you take it out. So I didn't really have a financial option. Universal credit 
mm. doesn't scratch the surface. Nope. So I actually, when looking back, I didn't have another option, really, unless I could have moved home, but even actually I couldn't because my parents had just sold the house and were living in the caravan. So No, that's not <laughs> ideal either, especially when you're recovering. Yeah. No. And mm. I was like fate, as fate would have it, my synchronicity, my flat was a five-minute Uber ride from a breast cancer specialist hospital. Wow. I had one of the best surgeons and oncology teams in the UK. Yeah. I had friends around me who would drive me to the hospital. Like I was in such a fortunate position. Yeah. But, you know, business, it, it, it was a really tricky one. Mm. And to be honest, actually, it, some, it did give me some real joys having yeah. the work. I designed, I had a client come over from New York and he was flying his fiance over for her surprise 30th birthday party. I'd just had like chemo the day before or something. And he, I met, they came around to my house and I showed them like a selection of yellow diamonds that this was all a surprise to her. And I showed them this selection of yellow diamonds. We were going to create this necklace for her and we did and it was amazing and that was one of the highlights of that time for me I got to it was still a positive because I loved it so much it was still a positive mm. but the stress and the strain of thinking well how am I going to keep a business running whilst su surviving physically yeah. yeah is is challenging yeah so when so what what happened then because obviously your shift now is completely different so at what point now, obviously, you know, we should say that you had treatment, you've recovered, you have the all clear, which is yeah. amazing. And you have some interesting things to say about the faith that you had around that, which I'd love you to touch on as well. But when did it start to shift within that time? So when I was diagnosed, I had started reading Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza, yes. like before I was diagnosed. So I'm being diagnosed and I'm reading a book about people who have spontaneous remissions yeah. through meditation. So I knew without a doubt I was going to be going deeper into my meditation practice mm -hmm. whilst I was healing. So I was using Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditations twice a day, at least throughout my journey. Mm -hmm. And a huge part of the reason that I healed was because I changed my life on a holistic level and I addressed where I was unhappy. Mm. I addressed the stress. I addressed my lifestyle. I used to drink a lot. I used to not eat very well. I was sort of, because I exercised a lot, I thought I could eat whatever I wanted and it would balance itself out. But actually like what you eat has a huge effect on how you feel in your body. And I was starting to learn all of these things. And also, I had a lot of time to delve spirit, like deeper spiritually. And I under started to understand kind of life on a, from a different perspective. And mm. why was I being sent this journey? Why, why was I being given this transformation? Why was I being given this opportunity? And so I started to realize that actually maybe my passions lie somewhere else. Maybe I used my like, spiritual beliefs, my meditation, my changing kind of like, I guess from a very material, materialist view of life to a more soulful view of life mm -hmm. to help me get through. 
yeah. to help me on the really dark days, to help me uh, believe again that I can have mm. a, like, uh, that I can be happy and healthy. And I aligned with that vision of I am, I am alive. I am living a life of vitality. I am living a life of abundance and joy. And that was my vision to get me through. And so aligning to all of this in a deep way, as I came out of it, I knew that I had to share this with other people mm. because so many people go through a dark night of the soul. So many people go through a transformation in their life. And, and unless they make the change that they're being called to make, their life will keep repeating the pattern. And I think that I had already repeated the pattern a couple of times on a less to a lesser extent because mm -hmm. I did have health challenges. And this was like the final, come on, Rosanna, you, you know what makes you happy. You know that there's something deeper here for you. Mm -hmm. Go into it and share that with the world. And that's, I think, that's where the shift happened. Mm. And I, like, so I'm sat here thinking if someone's listening to this and they're like, yeah, I'm not into that spiritual stuff and I'm not into the, you know, inner knowing stuff on, and they, you know, someone might be sat there thinking, I find this quite hard to understand. Part of me goes, the the true test of all the personal development we personal development stuff we do is when something is hard. Yeah. Right. The true test of it. And it was funny because I was sat here thinking, gosh, like most people would just go into a hole and drink themselves stupid or yeah. like ignore whatever's going on because this is so huge. However, and and it seems crazy to think that at the hardest point in your life where your life is genuinely under threat, mm. that that's when you are having these big epiphanies, you're learning this stuff, you're developing these skills. It seems madness that like, you know, oh yeah, it's like when people say, oh, you know, they went to the pandemic and they learned a language and like, what did you do? Well, I just sat in it for the entire thing. Like, you know, it's like that. It's like, who does that? Who goes into something so huge and comes out going, look at what I've learned. But mm. But the fact that you had started down that journey already just helped that entire process. Because I remember you saying to me, so they wanted you to have some more chemo, was it? Yeah. And you didn't want any more chemo. No, I spat my dummy out like a brat. <laughs> but, like a bald brat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you you knew you would be fine. You were, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be fine. Yeah, I, basically what had happened, so... I was given a 50% chance of my tumour completely shrinking, of of the chemo kind of being, of getting rid of anything. Mm. So I sort of didn't listen to that. And this is where maybe a bit of the, you know, rose-tinted glasses, positive thinking really came into play because I was, you know, and I was visualising myself happy and healthy. But I, so I was doing the work. I, I, cha I changed everything that I felt I needed to change. After two sessions of intense chemotherapy, which would then be two or three weeks of me having totally changed my life and meditating and, and eating better, no alcohol, the tumour had started shrinking. So I kept on going and I, and then by the end, so I had to have four really intense sessions, which was over two months or eight weeks, like 
nasty stuff. It's called the Red Devil. And after that, and then I was moving on to a weekly chemo, which is kind of like, I guess, the regular chemo. And I was a nice, and the tumor had completely gone after these four sessions. So I said, okay, then I don't need any more chemo. Can I stop? And they said, no, if you do stop, it will be incurable. And if you stop and it's not completely gone, it'll be incurable. So then I was fine, spat my dummy out a bit more, but kept on doing everything. And then I just want, in this time, I contemplated death. I contemplated what it would be like to die. I contemplated how I, if I made the wrong decision, I might die. Mm. And would I be okay with that? And I go, I won't go deep into it today because it is quite, you know, it's a lot. But it's a lot for a light podcast. Yeah. But, you know, it's hard to then pivot to something more joyous. Yeah. So, so I, I made the decision and I said, I'm, I'm done. Well, also because the, the chemo, the drugs were sending me a bit manic. So I was going through menopause as well, like menopause, all of this stuff. Anyway, I said, no, I'm done. I don't want any more. I spat my dummy out and I knew that I had healed. I knew that I had healed the cancer. I knew it had gone. Like even my doctor couldn't feel anything. They sent me for scans. There was nothing there apart from like some scar tissue. And so I said, I don't want any more. And then we would find out the results after my surgery. And the week before Christmas, I was given Christmas miracle of there is no cancer left in your body. And to a point where, so, which is, which is incredible. And the, with triple negative, you're given a, if it's going to come back, if it's going to metastasize, it will happen within kind of three to five years. So it's quite a quick, whereas with other breast yeah. cancers, it can be a bit longer. But my oncologist said there's like basically a 0% chance of you right. experiencing breast cancer or have this have having spread, which was incredible to me. Now, I'm not a doctor. I don't know all of the stats, yeah, yeah. but for me, I take it as a huge miracle mm. and and this is where i come back to the whole if it's helping you making you feel better giving you because this is you know and i i've talked about this briefly before but you know when my mum passed away we knew she would die quickly because she had no fight mm. she had no energy she had her mind her mindset her attitude on life had been so negative for such a long time we knew you're not going to survive this. Like mm. there's no way because she, it, it was just given and she didn't and she died really quickly. And then last year, because this comes out in 2024, is 2024 as we're recording this, but so I'm talking 2023, we're just so close. It's like the 3rd of Jan. So I just needed to clarify yeah. what year <laughs> I meant. That 2023, my dad was diagnosed with lung cancer, which is typically not a great one. And pretty much straight off the bat, we knew it'd be fine. Yeah. And he went in, had an operation, all clear, all fine. Because Amazing. he went in and told the doctor, I've told my girls I'm living to 100, so you better sort something out. Like <laughs> completely different attitude, completely different mind. And we knew. And so whether you believe it happens or not, whether you believe it's true or not, isn't it just the worth the risk of trying yeah. just in case? So coming out of all of this, you now do something completely different so tell us what you do today. What do I do today? I, so today I'm a Jungian life coach. So it's based on the work, work of Carl Jung, Jungian psychology. And it 
backed with kind of Eastern philosophy. So Jungian life coach, spiritual life coach, meditation guide is generally what I do as my day job today. No more playing with diamonds. So, I mean, and quite nice to play with diamonds. On a game. It is quite nice to play with diamonds. And talking about playing with diamonds makes me think, oh, well, Maybe I should play with some diamonds. <laughs> well, I have designed a, a collection that's more like spiritual base, which maybe one day we'll see. Like but yeah, so I help people transform their lives through looking into their unconscious mind and looking at what might be lurking, what lessons they might be learning mm. to unconsciously, which can also in the spiritual world be known as karma, to help them live a life that they're alive like that is aligned with their sole purpose, that is aligned, that is just going to make them happy, a life that they love because life's too short not to enjoy being here. Yeah. And that's what I want to help people with. I want to help people be fully alive while they're here. Yeah. And that's like, that is my passion today. Yeah. 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 I love that. I think, so one thing that you just said then is talking about the lessons that things teach us and, and, and that even though we don't see it, and this has been like years of therapy for me and years of working on stuff, mm. there is always a reason for something, okay? Even when, like, we don't think something is serving us, when we, you know, and you have had the ultimate, like, and I'm even, like, a little bit nervous to say, you know, there was a reason you went through what you went through because it yeah. sounds so awful, like... It, you know, it, it sounds kind of a hard thing to say, but I know you think that. Mm -hmm. I know that you know, and you said before, you know, this had been repeating itself and then it just yeah. hit you with like an absolute massive whammy. And it's not to say that if you've gone through something awful, you've bought it on yourself or it's your thing or, you know, it's not that at all. But that the way you're framing what happened to you helps you go, what are you trying to teach me here? Yeah. What um, what do I need to learn? What and, and and for me it was that maybe I'm here for something different. Maybe I'm misaligned because at the moment I'm chasing material wealth and material goals to prove that I am worthy to people who you know it doesn't it doesn't matter. The only person who needs to believe I'm worthy is myself. Mm. So I was trying, and it was a it was a realignment. It was a oh come on Rosanna, come mm. this way because. You're here for a deeper reason. I believe that everybody has a unique gift. Everybody mm. has a, something unique that they're here to birth into the world. And one or two things, you know, a handful of things, lots of mm. things, children, families, businesses, art, whatever it is. But I mm. believe that I was being directed to a new gift mm. and to a deeper level of myself. Mm. And, and yeah, like as I'm listening to you say that, like, it is so, I mean, it's almost giving me goosebumps. Like it's, it's so powerful and meaningful and, and deep and, but it needs to be like, like you said, you know, we live this one life. We, well, maybe more than one, if depending on what you believe, but right now we're in this life and we let the smallest things bother us. We get wound up by the smallest things. We put up with things. We, and and although no one wants to think about it, and, and again, I've talked about this before, you know, when my mum died, and I've even said this to my dad, which was a really hard conversation to have with my dad, but he got it. I was like, what was the point? Like, mm. what was the point in her being alive? And that sounds horrific. 
But what I mean by that was she didn't try to enjoy her life. She didn't try to make the most of it. She embraced the martyrness of this world. Like she literally wore it like a badge of honour. Like she loved things not going right. She loved things being awful. She loved, and it was like, what a waste. Like you had this one life and it's gone. And were you happy? Not really. Did you make the most of it? Not really. You know, and when I think about, and obviously we're at a time of year where we're talking about goal setting. In fact, last week's episode was a solo about goal setting. Like, you know, when I think about stuff like that, like we talk about, you know, people on their deathbed and it's a real morose subject. Like it's not a nice one, but I don't want to sit there and go, oh, I didn't do that life because, you know, who gives a crap? Like, you know, am I going to be sat there worried that I didn't do a live or worried that I might have looked a fool or worried that I didn't take that risk? No, I'll be annoyed that I didn't do those things. I didn't just throw caution to the wind. And and I'm not saying like, you know, sell your house and go traveling tomorrow or whatever. I mean, if you want to, that's up to you. (laughs) But like, I do think even though this is quite a tough conversation and quite a deep conversation for potentially a Monday morning, depending on when you're listening to this, if it just makes you go, do you know what? Screw it. Like, let's just try it or let's just go for it. Or, you know, how do you, how do you view life now coming out of what you've come out of? And I was going to say what's changed for you, but I know everything's changed for you. Yeah, literally everything. I'm a totally different person and I'm becoming more aligned with who I was here put on this planet to be my true self so that's that I guess that's what has changed but what one thing that I did naively think when I was healed was that my life was going to be a bed of roses coming out the other side of it I thought I was going to get my happily ever after and that I'd be living my life on a yacht you know like with Leonardo DiCaprio or something yeah or Brad Pitt I don't mind yeah if you're listening (laughs) Um, and that didn't happen. Whereas before that would have sent me into a tears, but I understand that with every challenge comes a new level of growth. Mm. And I understand on the most profound level that everything in my life is happening for me. And I mean, you know that there are still challenges mm-hmm. as, as in my life as a kind of aftermath of all of this that I am uh, working my way through. And and every day I'm realigning myself with, well, what if it works? Mm-hmm. What, if, what if there is something better around the corner, but being mm-hmm. where I am now mm-hmm. and not trying to escape it? So yeah. just all of this stuff has, it opens up and, a new level of awareness. I have a mm. new level of awareness of why I'm here, what I'm here to do, and and using that to in some way help shine a bit of a light onto people's shit, onto the dark mm. night of the soul, mm. because it happens. Everybody faces challenges. The challenges don't stop just because mm. you've had one challenge. Yep. They keep on coming. They keep on coming, and we can learn something from all of them. Mm. Yeah. And that takes some incredible strength and some incredible faith to to keep going when and it and it almost it's you know these things are trying to floor you, and it's not about things will always go wrong always, 
things will not work out. You will make mistakes. You will fail. You will, you know, all of us listening to this, these things will happen to any one of us. Yes, they will look different for different people, you know, and what one person deems as a failure would be a huge success to someone else, but we will still get them. And I think all this work and all the personal development work, the spiritual work, the meditation work, all of that is giving you a toolbox that you can just pull from, that you can just go, okay, here we are again. Like, and yeah. even I, you know, this morning had <laughs> an argument with my husband last night, which, you know, I'm sure he'll appreciate me sharing on a podcast. But we won't go into details, but and I went to bed annoyed, right? And do you know what? Do you know what happened? Took me hours to get to sleep. Yeah. Hours, right? Because my cortisol was right up there because I was pissed, right? I was so angry with him. And I lay there and lay there and lay there and lay there. And this morning I woke up feeling obviously a bit exhausted because I get up super, super early and, and I set my alarm regardless. I'm getting up. So I got up super early and I felt exhausted. And once I started my routine, I felt okay. But And I was still getting a bit like in my own head about it. And I was like, who is this serving right now? Nobody. Like, And I had to talk myself through some of the tools that I've got to go, you probably just want to let this one go. Like, it's done. You're done. It's fine. So it's there's always going to be something, but these tools and everything are in our toolbox that we can just pull out. Yeah. So... Rosanna is a coach and she helps people with this stuff. And I have to say, like, I am very fortunate that I have a couple of people in my world who are magic, like literally magic. And Mary Hyatt, who I've talked about a lot, is one of those people that just being in the presence of us seems to make you a better person, which I just find amazing Um, and has honestly changed my life. And Rosanna's another one. Like, I sat and had lunch with you before Christmas, didn't I? Yeah. And I actually went into that lunch feeling a bit like, oh, I don't want to be here. I don't want to, not because I didn't want to see Rosanna, just because I wasn't feeling wanting to talk or show up, which some people Mm. find very hard hearing me, but, you know, we all like this sometimes. And I sat down and I started to talk to Rosanna about things that have been going on in my life. And I had a shift, an actual shift during that, lunch and I can't tell you exactly well I can't because I haven't told you everything that I've gone through and and I will this is coming soon but but things shifted and changed and and I I would love to go back and check what date it was because I had been struggling with something and and like I said I feel like I'm being really flipping like like just fucking tell us already Teresa no I will (laughs) I promise but it is coming that's something huge I've been dealing with. And then suddenly I felt like I started to wake up. And those two things were very close to each other. Uh, when was it? Can you remember? The 24th of November. Yeah. It was really close to there. Really close. And I started to have some shifts and changes. And and I can't, like, you know, say verbatim everything we talked about, but just the way you frame things, look at things. And the other thing that's really interesting that you and Mary are both very good at doing is at no point did Rosanna try and be a coach, right? At no point did we go in because as a coach and as Rosanna is a coach, we know we can't just coach people when we feel like it, right? That doesn't work, <laughs> especially our friends and our family and people. They really don't like it, right? Yeah, we all know. They, they really hate it. Stay away from doing that if you are a coach. But because my sister once tried to coach me and it did not end well. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway... So at no point did Rosanna come into it thinking, I'm going to coach T. Like, not at one point. 
However, we just had a conversation and in that conversation, there were some things that she said and I was just like, oh wow, you've just opened a part of my brain that had been locked shut for a while. So if you are looking for someone who can give you those shifts, who can do, you know, where I where I am as a coach is I dabble in that. So I do the strategic stuff, I do the marketing stuff, I do the business stuff, and I dabble in the other side. And I do more personal development stuff. But if you want to go deeper, then someone like Rosanna is definitely more for you because you are excellent. And I just wanted to thank say that. Right. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. That really means a lot. And that's how I know that I'm on the right path. And it's... you are a hundred percent on the right path. Yeah. hundred percent. And it was a big, big change for you. It was a big shift, not only to go through what you went through, but to shift from one business to the other. And and you're still going through, and we had a quick catch up before we started recording this, you know, Rosanna's still going through her story now, yeah. which all in itself is still an amazing story. But I just know that, you know, like I said, there are you and and Mary seem to be the only two people in my world that I know who can do this, that is like, you're not even trying, you're not even doing anything, but you're somehow doing something all at the same time. Like that is some superpower. So yeah. This Magic. is definitely where you belong. Magic. Thank you. I love that means it. so much. Thanks, T. So, Rosanna, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. It really is a phenomenal one. And I think there is so much that people can take from it. Where do you hang out most? Where can people come and say hi and tell you that they thought this episode was awesome? Because please do that, people. We do love it when you do it. We really do. The Instagram is the best place. It's just at Rosanna Croft. Come and say hi. Let's connect be awesome i also um, ramble a hell of a lot more on youtube if anybody wants to head over there <laughs> well i was going to say so she also has a youtube account and she has a podcast if you want to listen to that yeah. as well and what are they called youtube is at rosanna croft and the podcast is called the mandala effect love it and love he it. has been a, a guest of mine so have, in fact a year ago was it really yeah it was all, it was probably the end of january it was a year ago wow that's yeah. amazing so crazy and we are both very different people today than the people that we met years ago. And I am oh, excited yeah. for it. I am here for it. Here for it. Rosanna, <laughs> thank you so much for being a guest. I knew it'd be awesome. And I've loved having you. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Okay. So please do go tell Rosanna what you thought of this episode. Please do go and find her on social and check out her podcast. She is awesome. In fact, we will make sure we link all the links in the show notes. And we'll make sure we link my episode as well so that you can go and listen to that because, you know, we talk a bit more woo over there. So, you know, if you want to hear me talk more about that, but do please go and check her out. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you take anything from it, it's that one, well, there was a few points that I wrote down. One was about getting aligned with you and what you want and not taking someone else's version of success. And two is about, and we are at that time of year about thinking about those goals, thinking about what we're trying to achieve. and. If you're not in alignment, there might be a reason you've not hit your goals in the last few years. And it might be because they're not aligned with you and they're not the goals you should be hitting. So again, trying to get in alignment with that is so, so important. Anyway, have a wonderful rest of your week or whenever you're listening to this. And I will see you next week for another interview then. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to Your Dream Business Podcast. And if you loved this episode, then please feel free to go and share it on your social media or head over to iTunes and give me a review. I would be so very grateful.